Good morning to you, Michael Hillsmith. Morning, boys. How are you doing? Going well, thank you. Sorry for uh, for pumping up your tyres uh, so much <laughs> as you uh, sat in the wings there. Well, imagine if we let his tyres down. That'd be <laughs> well, we've got this guy, Mike. He's all right, you know. <laughs> the only reason you got me on is that I'm the only person who's prepared to get, to go on so early. Yeah, well, that's possibly true. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, it is nine o'clock in, in our town, but uh, obviously 8.30 in, in yours. Um, uh, so we uh, we wanted to have a bit of a chat around um, your brand Toll Puddle and and you know the amazing um, you know Tasmanian kind of uh, I don't know everyone's heading there aren't they to mm. to try and find a piece of it. We never had any plans to buy a vineyard or plant a vineyard in Tasmania. It was just really a result of going down there, tasting some extraordinary wines out of barrel, which. Mm. Um, one of the winemakers in the north shared with us and it just turned out that the three Chardonnays we absolutely loved and the three Pinots we absolutely loved came from this vineyard called Tolpado, which we'd never heard of. So, um, you know, we sort of followed up and it turned out that, uh, you know, we when we made a, a bit more research, we worked out that our, our mate Tony Jordan was a part owner and had had played a major role in planting this vineyard. And, um, you know, when we actually went and had a look and we drove in and saw this extraordinary 20-hectare vineyard, which had been planted by grown-ups, you know, to two varieties, which we loved. Um, You know, Martin and I, who are, well, I'm given to probably a little bit more spontaneity than Martin, uh, but uh, we both drove out. Uh, the gate of Tolpuddle looked at each other and said, God, we've got to buy this. You know, <laughs> if, if there's any way, any way we can get our hands on this, we should. So um, that's sort of where it started. And, you know, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it was later, um, you know, we ended up with a large mortgage, big bank loan, <laughs> a, a vineyard in Tasmania, no idea how we're going to run it, yeah. <laughs> what, what we're going to do. But we had it. And, uh, you know, that was back in 2011. Michael, I was wondering, do you know where the name of the vineyard actually comes from? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Um, uh, anyone who's a student of English history, of which I'm not. Um, <laughs> Me either, unfortunately. In the 1830s, um, there was a group called the Tolpuddle Martyrs, who were, you know, very famous. And they set up an ag- agrarian union, basically a farm workers union in Dorset. And uh, the people they worked for were so delighted by this innovation that they sent them all to Tasmania as convicts. And um, (laughs) that old chestnut. (laughs) Exactly. And the lead convict, who has the most marvelous and absolute perfect name for a convict, which is George Loveless. And uh, George arrived down there and uh, he worked on this property, which, um, you know, way back in the day, probably grew grain, um, which is which is now exactly the same property where we have our vines. So, mm. yeah, it's got a very, very strong link back to the Tolpaddle Martyrs and, um, and uh, you know, the, the early days in what would have been a fairly bleak uh, part of the world, I reckon. Oh, would have been horrible down there, absolutely. We, rom- we romanticise a lot of that sort of stuff when we talk about wine and, you know, we had, uh, you know, I suppose the the... the all of the Lutherans in South Australia doing their thing and the Catholics up in the hills and all that sort of stuff. But Tasmania would have been a tough place to live back then. Oh, well, they, 
I mean, apparently all all the all the tough convicts they sent to Sydney, but the really terrible convicts they sent to Hobart. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I find I, I find the irony unreal here that that here's someone from the free state owning. A, uh, a block of well, a, a planting down in Tasmania, the convict state. <laughs> well, quite, and uh, and even now in in Dorset, they have um, they have a a, a regular, um, I think, a concert every year, and you know it's a it's a very sort of socialist, and that that's the irony. <laughs> that actually, yes. That's the irony. Absolutely. You've got uh, a, a very a very socialist. Uh, uh, you know, story and people like Billy Bragg and you know other people play. Uh, <laughs> and I think Max Max Allen was very amused. You know, when we were you know selling this um, this relatively high priced, high quality. Uh, I, I like to think not elitist, but no, 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 nonetheless, the irony wasn't missed on him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's because he's quite a historian, isn't he? Um, uh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, now you've had some success internationally um, at the uh, the International Wine Challenge. Yeah, and it's been a very happy hunting ground for for us. The Wine Challenge, uh, particularly for Tollpuddle, um, you know, it's a it's a very large and very important competition in, in the UK. Um, the twenty twenty uh, Chardonnay, you know, has you know won a stack of medals um, and a stack of trophies, which was you know really good and helps build international following which was terrific um but it has it's not the first time it's done it um you know it it it, some years ago the pinot did very well the chardonnay's done well before um so there's something i think stylistically about whole puddle and particularly about tasmania and it's probably the high acidity sometimes challenging acidity combined with amazing intensity of flavor uh, that I think just really stands out in the lineup of wine. So it is, uh, it's sort of interesting because when we first went to Tasmania, we thought that it was like Ireland. We just thought it was going to be green and wet. Oh, yeah. Um, which, of course, it's not. Not at because, all. Because, uh, you know, that whole um, east coast and down to the south is in this massive rain shadow from the mountains. So you get this sort of really unique. And I say unique because we're not trying to be Burgundy. We're not trying to be anything else. It is a very unique place uh, to grow grapes where it is cold. And I say cold because you, know, you get to Hobart and keep on swimming and you get to the South, you get to the South Pole. It's you know, bloody cold down there. Yeah. And, uh, but you don't get that much rain. And as a result, you get really good flavor development, both aromatically and on palate. And as a result, you get these wines, which are, you know, really, I think, quite unique. Yeah, I, I reckon there's the there are spots down there that I've been told are drier than the Nullarbor. You know, when, when it comes to average rains oh, really? over the years. So I know that when Peter Outhouse planted Domaine, that was one of the things he was looking for that that lovely dryness, and then you get that flavour development. I guess, um, Michael, when were you, you know, what when were you picking this year? What were the dates around when you were picking your Pinot and your Chardonnay this year? Um. I actually am not sure because I was overseas um, right. at, at my daughter's marriage. Oh, so, how fabulous! Uh, <laughs> but it was, um, and normally we pick, you know, well into well into March, and yeah. um, you know, sometimes it's before Easter, sometimes it's after. Yeah. Um, I think this year they were they mirrored. Uh, there wasn't as much a gap. 
between the Adelaide Hills and and Tasmania this year. Uh, also, some of it depends on yield, um, because whilst there is very little disease risk down there, uh, there is also you can have pretty crappy uh, conditions at flowering. Yeah. So it's not uncommon to get you know a fair amount of variability in yield. And, uh, you know, we've had some years where quality's been fabulous, but, um, you know, yields have been quite minuscule. Yeah, we certainly found that in Victoria with this particular vintage in the Yarra and Mornington where yeah, yields are down sort of 50 to 70% in some vineyards mm. just because of that terrible storm that happened during flowering. Mm. What about Adelaide Hills for you guys this year? Sort of regular sort of scenario in yeah, terms no, of yields look, looking it was, good? It, it was fine. Everything came in fairly. I mean, yields weren't quite what we would have wanted, but they weren't too bad. Uh, you know, some 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 were affected more, but you know what it was for us was a nice even season where you are you don't get everything ripening at exactly the same time, which mm. causes you all sorts of processing. Mm. You know, we do like these quite e- e- even uh, e- even um, vintages. But you know, um, b- back to Tassie. You know, the thing about Tassie, which is so so interesting, is that. You know, and, and no one wants to listen to statistics at this time in the morning. But <clears throat> give it to us anyway. <laughs> I will anyway. Uh, it is really interesting that um, less than one percent of Australia's total wine comes from Tasmania, wow. which is extraordinary. I mean, mm. you guys would drink more. You know, seriously. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's tiny. Um, so you've got you know less than one percent by volume. Interestingly. Uh, it's over four percent by value, yeah. which is a good thing. Which yeah. means that you know no one's making cheap wine out of Tasmania. You just can't. Yep. Um, and um, you know, so it, it is really interesting just to you know think of it. So in volumetric terms, Tas- Tasmania is insignificant. But I think in in quality terms, particularly when it comes to sparkling wine, uh, table Chardonnay, table Pinot, and probably Riesling. Um, the you know the quality upside in terms of what it means to Australia is is quite significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the v- very premium wines. It's sort of I guess it's analogous to what's happening in New Zealand. You know, you've got prices per liter in New Zealand wines and Tasmanian wines are well above what you'd find in places like France and Spain, where there's quite a lot of bulk wine produced. So over-indexing on that, which is great. We actually had Anna Pooley on the show last week. Mm. You know, So we've got a couple of... We should do more, Tassie. We probably forget about them a little bit down well, there. Well, I was actually... This is something I was going to ask, Michael. Um, can we actually visit you um, at Toll Puddle? Is there a cellar uh, <clears throat> Uh, no, you can't. Um, no. Yeah, you can't because there's nothing there but, you know, a, sh- a tractor shed and, mm. you know, uh, there's, there's nothing there. But uh, the plan is to, to build a, 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 t- a tasting room down there and uh, we're actually going through the process at the moment and just trying to work out when that will be. So hopefully within, you know, a year um, because um, there is so much tourism yeah, to, uh, wine food tourism to Tasmania, and particularly between that sort of you know November. Well, well, it works all year, but particularly between that sweet spot, which is sort of November through to to Easter, mm. and um, you know just just I always used to joke that you know Tasmania used to have um, you know the best ingredients and the worst chefs, and um, <laughs> uh, but that's uh, that's that, that's that's, that's long long behind us, long behind us, yeah. and. Uh, you know, we now find that there is there is just so much you know cool stuff going on. 
you know, in, in terms of food and produce oh, yeah. and mm. distilleries and, you know, and for us, um, you know, and even a lot of it, I suppose, has to do with Mona and Dark Mofo and, you know, all, all that stuff, which I don't completely understand. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm sort of attracted to it in a, you know, in a, in a sort of bent way. Um, no, it's, uh, it's just so much fun. It is so much fun. Yeah, and yeah. every time we go down there, you know, we just fall in love with it, you know, even more. Yeah, I, I remember a story because I used to work down in the Tasmanian Symphony very regularly and we used to love going down there. And there was this Japanese fella who was a sushi master, Masaki, and he was he, he was going out with this Tasmanian girl, came back over from Japan to meet the parents and just said, this is the best fish I've ever eaten. And they just started a sushi oh, joint yeah. in Hewenville. Now, every two weeks at Salamanca Markets, he'd be there and there'd be a queue for about two hours to get a bit of his sushi. And he's he's got a couple. He's well worth following on Instagram, Masaki. But the, you know, I suppose um, Tetsuya Wakuda. He's got his wakame farms down there. So you're right. The ingredients have always been there, but they're putting it together now. I reckon. Oh, absolutely. No, look, it's really good. Mm. It's 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 really good. And you know, I mean, we feel in a way that we're sort of slightly part of the news. You know, we've kind of arri- arrived, you know, slightly late, late, late to the party mm. um, because you know we've only been down there since 2011. Um, but I think, you know, the success of Tollpuddle, it's really interesting. When I went to New York and I was showing Tollpuddle to a whole lot of Psalms and stuff there, because right from day one, we decided that we were going to have to show these wines significantly internationally, because, you know, we always, once again, we used to say that uh, Tasmania's idea of export is to sell wine to Melbourne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you know they do they they only export something like you know five to ten percent, mm. but we realized that if we wanted to really establish toll puddle, but more importantly the reputation of tasmania across across the board, but there was such an interest in Tasmania um in new york and el- and elsewhere because mm. there's something about it, you know whether it's the clear air, the remoteness the you know the 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 fact that thirty eight percent of it sort of natural forest what whatever whatever it is, there is something mm. very appealing to people outside of Australia, or it could have been that stupid little um uh, Tasmanian devil which you know appeared in all the cartoons <laughs> which they also which they all seem to remember <laughs> it, it's interesting um we have Tyson Stelser on quite a bit um and when he's talking sparkling and um he says, you know the French are particularly looking at Tasmania, you know, with real interest of, of about what they're doing there from a you know sparkling point of view. Well, I mean, and what what, what my, most people won't remember, but you know, in 1985, uh, Heemskirk did a deal with Rotorua, and Rotorua understood really early, and you know that went on to be the sort of you know the baby version. Uh, they never actually produced a wine down there, but it became the sort of precursor to Jance. But, you know, the French understood that that climate where you can get, you know, really high acidity, uh, subtle but intense flavours is is really special. And Tyson's done a fabulous job. In fact, I did a tasting uh, for him. Well, I attended his tasting in London about, you know, eight weeks ago. And, uh, you know, he was waving the Tasmanian flag with with great vigour. Yeah, well, we we need to, we need advocates for the business overseas, and obviously, being a master of wine, that's something that you talk about. Are there, uh, is Tasmania talked about in wine circles better now that, that you're sort of spruiking it a bit more, or is it we're getting more MWs coming through from Australia, younger ones like Brie and people like that? 
Oh, well, two, two questions. Um, one is, I mean, there's quite a few Master of Wine now, and yeah. uh, I, don't know, I don't know what the collective noun for <laughs> Ooh, Master of Wine one, is, though. but, but prob- probably I'm flattering. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Maybe it's something you're... you can come up with at the end of one of those dinners that you get together. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, after a few so bottles anyway, of uh, so Rousseau yeah, there, are, there are a lot more Master of Wine uh, in, in Australia, and I think that, uh, if nothing else, it gives us a, a better idea about what's happening globally and where our wines fit and all, all, all that sort of thing. Uh, but there's no doubt that there is, um, particularly amongst the younger crowd, younger psalms, younger writers, there is just something very attractive about Tasmania. And, um, you know, we've, we've you know, ho- hopefully we've helped and, uh, you know, awards like International Wine Challenge do help. I mean, everyone says, you know, awards don't matter, you know, we're not score whores, you know, we don't chase gold medals, all that sort of stuff, of course. Um, but then you win a really important trophy, and, yeah. it's, and it's extremely useful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're talking Take about it, it then. Um, is, there, is there room for expansion uh, on the, the property, the tall puddle property? Um, there isn't. Uh, well, and we've got next door neighbours, and, um, you know, there, there is some options there. Uh, we've also, um, you know, Ever since buying the vineyard back in '11, we have done a huge amount of work, which also includes increasing the size of that vineyard slightly, or at least what we had planted, mm-hmm. uh, because there was, you know, there was some, you know, some bushland there that wasn't really uh, being used. Um, and you know, Martin Shaw, my business partner in, and cousin, right from the start, and that's why we haven't. That's why it's taken us this long to plant a to do a tasting room, is that the idea was to get the vineyard right. So over this time, we have put in frost protection, we've put new fencing in, we've um, updated, you know, the trellis, we've changed the trellis, we've changed the way we 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 prune, Um, we've replanted with better clones in some parts. I mean, there's just been a constant activity over 10 years to improve that that vineyard and now it's in a very very happy place mm, that's great isn't it oh yeah yeah um, i love hearing that sort of thing and i mean you, you you soil and and vine health and all that sort of stuff and there's no point having the greatest marketing campaign in the world if you can't grow any grapes that make good wine so mm. well and also even old fossils like me you know i mean eventually the message uh you know eventually the penny drops that uh, you know we need to find better better ways of farming yeah and um you know i think that uh, you know we're seeing that right you know right across and I mean, it's interesting because the soils down there are, are, are relatively mean. Yeah. Um, in fact, the, the um, nickname for Toll Puddle back in the day when George Lovelace worked there was um, had something to do about sadness or loneliness. No, it's called Poverty Farm. Poverty Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just so good. There's going to be a great wine label in that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, um, totally. But anyway, the point being is that uh, particularly things like Pinot and, and, and high-quality Chardonnay, you know, if the soils are too rich, you just get too much growth, You get too, canopies are too big, you just don't get... You know, you just don't get the uh, the quality. Well, so yeah. uh, we seem to have, we seem to have got it right down there, which is you know why we fell in love with it. And I, I think that the pristine aspect is really what the overarching um, story of Tassie is, isn't it? For all produce, not just um, 
grapes, wine grapes? I think so. And it's also, I think, that the size of production is, is, is relatively small. Mm. So it is seen as more artisan, uh, artisanal. It's, um, and, you know, so the quality is good and there's not much of it, which is a kind of quite compelling story. And, Michael, do you think that farming down there, do you think in general they're over-indexing on sustainability as well? Is that, is that a piece that's talked about in terms of general farming down there? Oh, um, look, I, 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 don't, I, I, I don't know generally if that's happening across in, in all categories, but yeah. certainly, certainly within wine, uh, everyone is, uh, is embracing on this idea that we've got to learn to farm differently and also in terms of, you know, um, you know, low, inter- low intervention winemaking. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying not no intervention winemaking. Yeah. I'm saying that, uh, you know, the idea is, you know, you, I mean, I, I, I love the analogy between good chefs and good winemakers uh, because I think, you know, the idea is to access the absolute best ingredients you can, um, uh, treat them with respect and not stuff them up on the way through. <laughs> yeah, let, yeah, let them do the talking. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, now, Michael, you and Martin, uh, that's not the only um, new purchase vineyard um, that you've made, is it? Um, I understand there's a, 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 a South Australian purchase that you've recently done and yeah, well, uh, I think Adam's involved as well. Yeah, no, exactly. What happened was that um, we'd always said to you know Adam Waterwitz, our winemaker, and David Lemire, who's our other master of wine, um, and they are now joint CEOs um, and 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 running the business with us. And um, we always said, look, if we can find a project or a, a you know a something that's going to be really ex- if it excites you and you can convince us that it's also exciting, let's do it. And um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, and I suppose we'd been watching what had been happening in Blewett Springs in McLaren Vale. And Blewett Springs is that slightly higher area in McLaren Vale, and it's you know, they've got the famous iron-rich sands mm. uh, there. They they and and we were we were kind of looking down there, and Adam and David found this you know twenty hectare old, old vineyard. Uh, you know the Grenache was planted in the I think Shiraz was late thirties, uh, Grenache early forties, and Shannon Blanc, which is going to be mm. really intriguing in 1964 so it's a, you know it's a wonderful old vineyard um with these gnarly old vines which we've never really worked with and uh so we've made made three wines off it a shannon a shiraz and a grenache they'll be released in september this year and you know like anything when you're trying to find a name for these new projects they are really hard because i reckon i must have thought that I came up with 60 clever ideas and then I plunked them into plonked them into Google and they existed somewhere <laughs> so, it's really frustrating I mean I even got I even got desperate and went into bookshops and was looking at the name of books and seeing if you know if these could be if that could be appropriated um, but anyway we um, end up registering the company and it's Michael Martin Adam and David um, and uh, which of course spells mad and um, that indeed is what the label is called, uh, MAD, but with a Excellent. double M. Oh. MAD with a stutter. MAD with a stutter. <laughs> it just took a bit to get going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, it That's will, really will be fun. There's not, not much of it, but the wines are looking really smart. Um, uh, we've, we've, we've really enjoyed it. Um, and, um, you know, we obviously we keep, the main knitting is to keep Sean Smith on track 
But yeah. uh, the tail paddle sidebar has just been a terrific uh, exercise for us. And, you know, mad, mad is something that we're really enjoying. Well, I do have a slight bone to pick with you, Michael, because I, I work at Dan Murphy's, Alfington, the head office here in Melbourne, and um, I get asked seven or eight times a day, why haven't you got any Shaw and Smith Sauvignon Blanc? And I say, I don't know the answer to that question. Probably because well, there's, there's not enough around and it's good and everybody drinks it. So when's the when's the 22 vintage coming out of that? Well, I can tell you I um, saw it rattling down the bottling line last week. Oh, great. So I've got something to so, tell people to look forward to anyway. It's coming to good and bad bottle shops near you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, uh, Michael, thank you. It's It's been fun, really fun and always is. And um, uh, What a great answer. <laughs> um, so uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday um, and we must chat when when mad becomes more of a uh, an available yeah i think it'd be good you should grab david and adam uh, yeah. and uh, and uh, cuz they are um pretty excited about it anyway, what's the timeline on nice it? talking to you <laughs> All right. good one thank you michael